Hey there, welcome in. It is a Tuesday edition of the EP Podcast. Usually we would do a top 10 Tuesday, but this week we got a special guest coming in, and uh, I would rather make the room and, and availability for her and her cause today, uh, this week, and we'll get back to the top 10 list next week. But that being said, we still have a lot to talk about before we get out to our guest in segment two today. Uh, we've got so much that has happened over the weekend in sports. You had the match the, the golf thing with Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Phil Mickelson. You've got uh, an NBA star saying he's going to refuse to play unless a certain aspect is met in the return of the NBA. You've got Michael Jordan being proved uh, proven to be a two-faced liar and a case of mistaken identity that is one more example of my absolute worst nightmare. We'll talk about all that and more here in just a moment on the EP podcast. But first and foremost, I hope you had a great time celebrating and honoring those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice on Memorial Day, whether it be a loved one of military uh, connection or not. That Memorial Day is a military uh, holiday where we can uh, pay tribute and honor those who have paid the ultimate sacrifice for freedom from tyranny. But it also is appropriate, of course, to uh, honor and pay tribute to all of your family members and loved ones who have passed on before. Hopefully you had a good, safe, and happy weekend doing so. Uh, I know I did, and I was grateful to have that time with my family. It is the EP Podcast. I am Austin Horton, and we start each and every day out the same way. We do a This Day in Sports History little blurb. And today, May 26th, was a happening day in the world of sports. 1959, Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher Harvey Hadix retired 36 straight batters and pitched a perfect game for 12 straight innings against the Milwaukee Braves at Milwaukee County Stadium. However, in the 13th inning, Pirates third baseman Don Hoke made a throwing error that allowed Braves second baseman Felix Mantilla on base in an eventual 1-0 loss. Harvey Hedix did not, of course, receive a perfect game notation in the books. He did receive a no-hitter as that only base runner was given up uh, by an error and would later scored. Uh, but no perfect game for Harvey Haddix, and uh, the Pirates ultimately lost that game. Also May 26, 1987, maybe the most famous steal in NBA history, down 107-106 to the Pistons in the last seconds of Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals at the Garden. Boston Celtics forward Larry Bird. Stole Isaiah Thomas' inbound pass. Tossed it to Dennis Johnson, who made a layup with one second left. That 108-107 win gave the Celtics a 3-2 lead in the series, and they eventually won it in seven games. And just two years back, Golden State Warriors shooting guard Clay Thompson scored 35 points as his team rallied from a 17-point deficit to beat the Houston Rockets 115-86 at the Oracle Arena in Game 6 of the Western Conference Finals. The Warriors would take Game 7 to advance to the NBA Finals. People forget that uh, that Game 6 was supposed to be a landslide victory for the Rockets, who then missed like a, something like 43s in a row while the Warriors could not miss, came back to win in landslide victory the, uh, formation themselves, and then won in Game 7 after Chris Paul had his hamstring hurt. Uh, how different the NBA's tails would be if those if that injury and that game had gone differently. But 
that's sports. It's filled of it's filled with what ifs and would haves, could haves, should haves. All right, that's it for this day in sports history. Let's get out to a few stories before we hit our uh, our second segment and our guest, uh, an elementary school buddy of mine, Nisa Coleman Hancock, will join me in segment two to talk about the graduation cup. Uh, a last chance event for high school seniors and high school players and coaches uh, to get together and have a soccer tournament coming up later next week, first weekend in June. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some information from Nisa as to how that's going to happen. But before we do that, let's start right here with the match. Just a couple quick thoughts. Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning. First of all, the match was the most watched golf event in the history of cable uh, they had an average of 5.8 million viewers and at its peak 6.3 million people were tuned in to be watching uh, the the match which rivaled the the history making ratings that the last dance documentary had but those ratings set a record for a cable golf telecast according to turner sports meaning more people tuned in to watch tiger and peyton beat phil and tom than have ever tuned in to watch an early round cable broadcast of any golf major. That is the power of star power. The fact that more people are watching this exhibition charity event with some really bad golf, by the way, being played, then are watching the first round of the Masters even, ever. It, that, that is newsworthy right there. It was also fun to see a guy in Tom Brady, who I like to see fail, do just that. He was terrible. Uh, golf he is terrible at golf i should say and that was on full display uh and i was good to know that i can beat tom brady at something and i'm horrendous at golf but i guarantee i could take him <laughs> on the links and i one other thing that came out of this other than the amazing 20 million dollars raised for covid19 relief tom or excuse me peyton manning may be a super bowl winning quarterback maybe may have mvps under his belt maybe in the hall of fame but what Peyton Manning is, is just plain flat, bar none, an entertainer. He is an entertainer, and that was on full display throughout the match. And he he alone was worth tuning in to see uh, with his barbs and quick thinking and trash talk. And they all had some fun and, like I said, raised $20 million for COVID-19 relief. So in all, it was a good time. But yeah, records set and shattered. Most watched golf, most watched golf event in the history of cable. Uh, that is craziness. Weber State alum and Portland Trailblazer star Damian Lillard says he is not interested in playing anymore this season if the Blazers don't have a quote true opportunity to make the playoffs. Lillard told Yahoo Sports. I'm not good. If we come back and they're just like, we're adding a few games to finish the regular season and they're throwing us out there for meaningless games and we don't have a true opportunity to get into the playoffs, I'm going to be with my team because I'm a part of the team, but I'm not going to be participating. I'm telling you that right now. So here's the ideas that have been floated out there for return to play include that no one will have a real shot at getting in the playoffs that is not already in the NBA standings uh, in, the, in the top eight of each conference. But they still want to play those five games to get to the point where they get all of their TV money. Once they reach that 70 games played threshold, the NBA gets all of its TV money, which then, of course, kicks back to the players, owners, coaches, blah, 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 blah. 
So Damien's a little tone deaf in when it comes to the money side of things here. He wants to get to 70 games played as a league so that he gets his money. But he also wants to make the playoffs. And there's something to be said that while this is a little tone deaf towards uh, his ability to, to make as much money as he can and enjoy that lifestyle he's come accustomed to, he does a lot of good with his money too, by the way. But while that is one side of the argument, the other side is it's kind of cool that an NBA star is willing to boycott and say, if I can't, ha- if I don't have a real fair equal chance of getting to the playoffs, why should I go out there and perform for the NBA? PK put it best, when you've got leverage, use it before you lose it. And right now, Damian Lillard has leverage, and that's why you're hearing from him. Uh, by the way, the Tr- Portland Trailblazers are currently in the ninth slot in the Western Conference at 29 wins and 37 losses. That's three and a half games back of the eighth-seeded Memphis Grizzlies, who are also 32-33 and 33 on the season, also with a losing record, one game below 500 there for Memphis. So it doesn't appear that uh, the Portland Trailblazers would have a real shot if they only have five games or whatever left to play before the postseason begins. There's going to be a lot more players voicing these same concerns and problems, and that's just something the NBA is going to have to deal with. All right, we spent the entire Last Dance documentary hearing from Michael Jordan and Rod Thorne and others say and claim that Michael Jordan never gave an ultimatum about the Dream Team, never said that if Isaiah Thomas is part of it, I'm not going to be part of it. We spent that whole documentary, three episodes, I think, it felt like we're focused on that. And, uh, well, it was all a lie then, and it's all a lie now. And uh, as Chris Mannix pointed out a few weeks ago on the big show during the NBA Daily Assist, longtime NBA reporter Jack McCallum said he's got audio uh, of Rod Thorne saying the exact opposite. In 2011, there was a podcast titled The Dream Team Tapes. Uh, And on this, uh, in this audio, Michael Jordan is heard telling Jack McCallum the following, quote, Rod Thorne called me and I said, Rod, I won't play if Isaiah Thomas is on the team. Thorne assured me, he said, you know what? Chuck doesn't want Isaiah, so Isaiah is not going to be part of the team, close quote. That is in stark contrast to what Michael Jordan and his people wanted you to believe by watching the Last Dance documentary. This was an ultimatum that if the Dream Team wanted Michael, they were not going to be able to invite Isaiah Thomas as well. That is how petty and immature Michael Jordan was and still is, and he knows it. He knows it, or else he would own up to it and admit it and say, that was a mistake, I was wrong, I'm sorry. Instead, he points, paints it as, I didn't do it, it wasn't me, it was Rod Thorne, ask Rod Thorne. Well, this audio from the Dream Team tapes from Jack McCallum says otherwise. You can't deny the audio. And then finally this, my worst nightmare, actually uh, somewhat coming true. FC Cincinnati hired a new coach, manager, whatever. His name is Jopstam, J-A-A-P-S-T-A-M, Jopstam. And when they announced it on social media, the former, former Manchester United player, after being hired last week, the Major League Soccer Club mistakenly used a photo of Ajax youth manager Tynus Van Tunenbroek to welcome Stam. 
The club then deleted the tweet and reposted with the correct image of Stam. Uh, he said, I was quite surprised, to be honest. I got the picture over here from a friend in Holland, and I thought he made a practical joke by orchestrating the picture himself. Afterward, I got a message from somebody else as well, so after that, I was quite curious what was going on. So I saw the picture on the website, and I was surprised, but mistakes are made, and I can laugh about it as well, close quote. FC Cincinnati apologized and said they made a mistake. And look, the guy looks a lot like the guy they used. He, but here's where my worst nightmare comes into play. And, of course, the rivals in MLS posted pictures of Jason Statham and Mark Strong and Vin Diesel and Bruce Willis to have a little fun at FC Cincy's expense. But here's where my worst nightmare comes into play. Bald and white, we all look the same. We, if you pixelate any of us, we are the, we are the same person. Uh, I am terrified that one day I'm going to be uh, pointed to uh, as having done something I had nothing to do with or didn't do, and no one will ever believe me because it will look like me. Someone will see someone that looks like me and say, that's the man who pulled the trigger, and it won't be me. Now that's extreme, but or whatever, you know. So I try to do what I can to stand out and be different. But like I said, if you pixelate me, I can be any bald white man in America. That's that's plain and simple. Job stem, Austin Horton, pixelate us, we're the same. All right, welcome back. The EP Podcast, Austin Horton here with you. And as I told you, leading into the break, uh, a longtime buddy of mine who I just uh, happily reconnected with over sports is on the line. Nisa, I knew her as Nisa uh, Coleman. She's now Nisa Hancock. Nisa, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thanks for having me, Austin. Now, before we dive into the the tournament and things that are going on that way, we went to elementary school together till fourth grade. Well, like we we went through third grade. I then moved yes. away. And everyone else, uh, I think, went to a new school the next year, right? Yeah, yeah. So we were at, what is it, Sarah Jane Adams School together, and then Mountain View Elementary got built, and that's where I ended up. And then you went on and did junior high North Leighton, I want to say, and yeah, Northridge North High. High, and then Northridge, yeah. Did you play sports in high school? Um, no, I did not. I'm not very athletic at all. <laughs> Wait a second. Your, what's your, your, your title with the Wasatch Soccer Club? Um, so that's a new job. It's the uh, tournament director for the Wasatch Soccer Club. Gotcha. I ended up getting into soccer because of my kids. I see. Okay, so your kids are athletic. Yes. Because yes. yes. I was like, my kids I... are athletic, my husband's athletic, and I don't know. I'm just there. <laughs> Go, because I was thinking I don't I don't remember Nisa ever playing soccer with us at recess. I don't remember that. So, yeah, nope, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. In fact, I don't think I've ever played in a soccer game before. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. But hey, you you're a mom and your kids play, so you're an expert, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I guess so. <laughs> so. Well, let's talk about uh, a lot of uh, seniors out there, high school seniors, missed out on their final opportunity to play some soccer. And some of them will go on and hopefully play at the next level. Maybe there are a handful of scholarship players. But for the most part, the majority of kids, the senior year in high school is their last time playing organized, uh, you know, uh, legitimate sports in leagues. And uh, that was sad that the coronavirus pandemic cut out the spring tournaments for all of high school. Well, you and the people that you work with had an idea to put on a tournament for those uh, specific seniors, right? What's the de- what are the details here? 
Yes, yes. So it was actually my husband's idea. So I was supposed to be doing our the Wasatch Soccer Club's Memorial Day tournament this this over this last Memorial Day weekend. And obviously that didn't happen. We had to postpone to August 17th through the 22nd. And so my husband was like, it would be cool is if you could get the fills and you just did like a high school soccer tournament for those seniors that missed out. And I started thinking about it. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah, that is a really good idea. Like if that was my kid and it was his senior year, I would be like, Oh, so sad about it. And I have lots of friends and their kids play um, soccer that are seniors and they were so sad about it. So I was like, you know what, let's do it. And so I just ran with it and here we are. So what are, so is anybody invited, anyone welcome or how do, how do you know if you uh, quote unquote qualify to play in the tournament? Okay, so all you need is a team basically from your same kind of high school boundary. This is not uh, UHSAA sanctioned or UISA sanctioned. This is just teams coming together to have a fun tournament and kind of fill that void. Um, We're taking all the 6A, 5A, 4A. I haven't really had any interest from any 3A or 2A, but we would certainly take them in a heartbeat. So, um, but yeah, they just need a... They're either their high school coach or a licensed UISA coach to come, and yeah, we'll have a good time. It's a three-game guarantee. It's six fifty a team to register, and all the games will be played up at the Legacy Event Center in Farmington. So you don't have to have been a high school senior to play in this tournament. No, no, you know, I I did say let's try to just be varsity teams, but if we don't reach, I've put a limit of 24 teams, and if we don't reach that limit by May 31st, then I'll open it up and say, hey, if there's any JV teams that want to come, possibly I may open it up to comp teams as well, but there would be a one player per team rule, no double rostering at that point. But Cool. And remind us the details, it's at the Legacy Event Center on what date? It's at the Legacy Event Center, June 8th through the 13th, that whole week. And you said registration closes the 31st of May? Yes. Yes, and we already have 13 teams registered. And is there a limit to how many teams you're going to be taking? Yes, we'll do a 24 limit. Okay, so you've still got some room. Uh, left to for for teams to get in there kind of the last few days here what are the costs yeah. involved with being part of the tournament um the costs are 650 a team okay so you can split that up however you'd like uh you just yeah. gotta, i assume you're taking one payment per team but then leaving it yeah. up to the teams to split it up how they'd like to well cool yeah, and exactly. uh, who's what how's the uh, officiating Who, who's filling in on that side of things will there be officials and referees Yes, yes, there will. Um, so Terry Mills is the, I think she's like the region ref coordinator okay. for our area. Anyway, she is planning on making sure we have refs. Oh, cool. She's assigning refs. So, yep, I've hired her to take care of all that. Now, if there are people out there, and naturally so, if they're concerned about uh, social distancing adherence and uh, all of those things, are, are is there a plan in place to follow the CDC guidelines, what are your what are your thinking on that? Yes, 
Yes, absolutely. We wanted to be able to do this tournament, but we want to do the tournament right. So I actually had to submit health guidelines to the Legacy Event Center, and they submitted it to the health department, and we had to get approval before they would even approve our event. And so what that ended up looking like was there won't be any spectators at the games, which is kind of a bummer, but I think it's still good because it still gives these guys like one last chance to play. Gotcha. So mom, dad, brother, sister, grandma, grandpa, they're not invited to watch the tournament. Only only those that are participating will be admitted. Yep. Yep, exactly. I am working on trying to get um, cam. I have cameras set up that we can record. I'm just not sure if we'll be able to live stream. I'm hoping that we'll be able to work out those details that we can live stream the games, but we may not be able to. And if that's the case, we'll record and then upload the games later for viewing. Why wouldn't you be able to, to live stream? What are the rules there? Um, I see it's just getting the equipment and making sure that the Wi-Fi mm. they reaches out into the fields to be able to do that. Right. Okay. Because I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking simply, we'll just throw it up on Facebook Live or whatever. But you're right. If it's choppy and, and buffering, that's not going to do anyone any good. So. Right. Right. So we just have. I'm still waiting for Legacy Event Center to get back to me on that. Well, what is the website where people can register? What's the info there? Graduation Cup dot sportengine.com but it's s-p-o-r-t-n-g-i-n.com sorry so graduation cup dot sport s-p-o-r-t-n-g-i-n.com gotcha okay graduationcup.sportengine.com with the engine spelled a, a little differently. And before uh, before we let you go, we'd be remiss, Nisa, if we didn't mention Scott Harwood and his involvement in this tournament. What's he been up to? So Scott is a Davis High School uh, parent. I think he might be the assistant coach as well. Anyway, he he's the one who has gotten us to this point, basically. I did all the background, the, the getting the tournament ready and the idea, but he is the one who's gotten all these teams to register so far, all 13 teams to register. So he's been a very supportive um, advocate for this tournament to happen, and without him, it probably wouldn't. So, Without thanks, Coach Scott. Harwood, there would be no tournament. Awesome. Yes. Well, thanks yep. to Scott for doing that. Yes, exactly. Cool. Well, hopefully yeah. we fill that, that tournament all the way out with the, uh, what would you say, 23 teams? Uh, 2014. 24 teams, and you're at 13 right now? Yep. So we got yep. 10 slots left, 650 a team. Make sure you go to graduationcup.sportengine.com. Uh, and Nisa, thanks for joining us on the EP podcast, and uh, thanks for doing this. This is really important and really cool uh, that these kids get one last hurrah in an official kind of format. So thank you for doing that. It's nice of you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited. 
My thanks again to Nisa Hancock from the Wasatch Soccer Club for a putting on this graduation cup tournament along with Coach Scott Harwood, and uh, and uh, thanks to Terry Mills for organizing those referees. But also thanks to Nisa for reconnecting with me and uh, joining me here on the EP podcast. Facebook is a crazy place. Everyone knows somebody who knows someone who can get a hold of you, and I'm so glad Nisa found a way to get hold of me. And uh, I'd be watching the uh, local news stations. I think Nisa and or Scott are going to show up there on one of these nightly news reports locally here in the next few days all right that's going to do it for a tuesday edition of the ep podcast like i said when we began a bit of a different approach to this week's uh, tuesday not a top 10 tuesday just out of interest of wanting to get nisa's cause and uh, and uh, that tournament out there as quickly as possible so we'll have an acoustic wednesday coming up tomorrow uh, and then, of course, Throwaway Thursday and Wear Red Friday. Hopefully you had a good, safe, and happy Memorial Day celebration. And uh, we'll, we're grateful to be back on there today and look forward to having a good, strong week together going forward. I'm Austin Horton. That's it for the EP Podcast. I'll see you tomorrow. And until then, be good to each other. Now for the laugh of the day. <laughs> and we're off to Fratton Park where there's been a red card, but for who, Chris Kamara? I don't know, Jeff, has it? I must have missed that. Red card. <laughs> Chris! <laughs> have you not been watching? I haven't. I don't know where that's come from, Chris. I have no idea what has happened there. What's happened, Chris? Uh, I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The rain must have got in my eyes, Jeff. Chris, Chris, let me tell you, according, according to our sources, Anthony Van den Boer has been sent off for a second bookable offence. Get, get your fingers oh, out and count up the number of Portsmouth players are on the field. No, you're right. I saw him go off, but I thought they were bringing a sub on, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> As professional as ever, Cabbage. <laughs> Still nil nil. Cutting edge reports on Gillette Soccer Saturday. Uh.